Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast, and what do you know, it's been a big week in gaming. I'm Intergod for episode 58 on this Halloween, Sunday the 31st of October 2021. In this show, we'll be discussing what the hell is going on with Facebook, Meta, and Oculus, highlights from the latest PlayStation State of Play, impressions of the controversial Switch Online expansion pack, and our super secret special showcase of spooky games. As always, I'm joined by Mike. Hello there, everyone. And Swinny. Hello. And if you want to support the show, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, review us. Uh, You can find all the links on all platforms on bigwigpod.com. Swinny, I'm excited by this note that you've got on the run sheet. A little bit of hype. Yes. Uh, Once again, I'd like to hype my upcoming Kemco RPG tier list. The more times I include it in our hype section, the closer we'll get to reality. <laughs> I can't wait. One day, potentially early December, which is like um, over a month away. So get look forward to more hype about this. I'm just okay. thinking, what, what do you reckon will get more views? The Kemco tier list or my Mario Kart tier list? I don't know. I don't know. We've been surprised before by certain yeah. uh, certain things being uh, popular. But <laughs> True. I, I True. will say, not only is this, not only is it Halloween, but I'm getting a spooky sense of deja vu right now. Yeah, we mm. all are. We all are. Should we should we let in any secret special <laughs> surprises? I, I think we should say that we uh, unfortunately record like the first 30 to 40 minutes of the show. Tell about that, yeah. 45 it, minutes. It did. It didn't work. It didn't record. Well, all we could hear is Intergot just talking to himself and us just nodding along. So, and I normally rehash a lot of jokes, but now I got to rehash the jokes straight after. This just uh. practice but, makes perfect. The punchline will be better this time. You can lead up to it because you've already delivered once. That's, that's true. true. Maybe maybe this is going to be our new thing where we record every episode twice. Yeah. The first time all the way through two hours yeah. or so, delete it and then start again. Because they always say trash the first draft and you have a better second draft. So. That sounds like an awesome use of our time. Look I'm at sure this, we're bouncing what... off each other. I'm sure that's what Joe Rogan does each time. He just records every show <laughs> twice. Okay. And the second one's the one that goes up. <laughs> Definitely, exactly. It's like 24 hours of recording a week. All right, well, let's jump into the news for the... Uh, sorry, not the news, the banter for the week. See, this is not a good, not a good start. <laughs> This is authentic, though. It's good. <laughs> so uh, this week, it's been Halloween, so we played a few mm. spooky games that we will keep secret, Mike. So this yes. is something that the listeners have missed out on, that Mike <laughs> revealed are, yeah. his game, and then also pretty much my game, even after we told him not to. I know. But now we'll see if he reveals it again. But That's because he was if... dropped as a child on the head. <laughs> what have you been playing this week, Mike? That's why I'm, I'm wearing this protective hat now. So can't tell you what I've been playing this week. <laughs> Other than, other than, other than Echo Generation. So that's the game that's when he specifically did not, well, it's not that he didn't like the game. He kind of said a few negative things about it. So of course, naturally, I had to go give it a, give it a crack just to prove him wrong. But unfortunately, I think I got to give him credit. He was pretty spot on about a lot of things that he said. Although, as we learned on the first time we did this recording, the first boss wasn't actually that difficult for me. But again, I echo all your thoughts about Echo Generation, no pun intended. Oh. The game needs to 
needs a bit of an overhaul in terms of of rebalancing it because it's such a shame it's it's i love the way it looks i love the music i love the homage to to the 80s sort of thing um it's a really really cool game and i think it deserves to be i wouldn't say polished in in, in the sense because the game feels polished if you know what i mean it just it needs to to be tweaked balanced uh, to, be, to make it, it more balanced. accessible and balanced, balanced properly yeah because it's I, I i love it otherwise it's really really cool and besides that uh i can't talk about the other two because they're the spooky games that well, not yet playing. we will talk about it later but so if you want to talk about it you want to know the spooky <laughs> show that mike's played we'll, we'll find out later but you know with echo yep. generation that's why i wanted to reach out to the dev because i wanted to know like did they balance it in that way on purpose you know, did they want to piss it's... people off and challenge them and grind them out? Like, maybe. But you can't even like this. It's not. It's not even Final Fantasy type of grinding that makes sense. It's really bad grinding if you had to do it. And mm. I really do feel like you could get yourself stuck in a corner where you run out of healing items, you run out of money to buy more healing items, and I think the healing items are actually limited. You can't keep mm. buying them uh, over and over again. Uh, you no, can probably so get stuck in the game. You can, but the game's weird. It's like you're in the shop screen. You purchase oh. it, it disappears. But as soon as you exit out and go back in, it's there again. It's, oh, <laughs> oh, God. Another so, okay. But the, the point is grinding for the money is, is a chore, especially at the start of the game. Because enemies, you can't just run around in circles waiting for enemies to respawn like in Final Fantasy. So anyways, enough about that. It's still worth playing, but I would probably hold off for most people till... Fingers crossed, they'll rebalance stuff. Mm. What about you, Intergot? Also, also playing a secret, special, spooky game that you Ooh. originally said was not a Halloween game, which I 100% disagree <laughs> with you on. And it was, on. I didn't say it wasn't a Halloween game. I said it's mm. not the game I had in mind when I set out the challenge. Well, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, but yeah. We'll... You need to be clear, all right? Um, <laughs> so one thing that Swinney said that I needed to mention that I neglected to mention last week is that I made further Amiibo purchases. Uh, so Animal Crossing had released their Series 5 Amiibo cards. <laughs> I like how Swinney, no, in the no. video, Swinney's laughing his ass off. I'm laughing so much because not only we like, it's not a big thing to bring up, now you're having to talk about it a second time. <laughs> yeah. So it's funnier to me. <laughs> No, it's just like it's just like another day, another week in the life of Intergod, buying hundreds of dollars worth of amiibo, just nonchalantly. Exactly. It's like, oh, that's not a big deal. I spent over a hundred dollars on amiibo cards this week. <laughs> but again, I defend myself because this is economically the smartest way to do it. So if you want to collect all the cards, I buy the box version of the cards. It has all of them in it. It's never not had all of them in it. And then I can sell all the, the all the you duplicates. Know, duplicates. So you're yeah. min you're min maxing amiibo collection. Min maxing card collection. And then in thirty years time, when these amiibo cards for Animal Crossing in the metaverse, because everyone will live in the Animal Crossing metaverse, because that will be the metaverse that wins. Oh god! These amiibo cards are going to be worth like Pokemon cards are today. So, who will be laughing then, Swinny? Who will be laughing then? I'll me, still be laughing. In reality. I'll still be laughing. <laughs> Who was laughing at me when I was talking about Bitcoin in 2010? <laughs> That's, true. That's true. That's true. Anyway, um, outside of that, uh, you know, definitely we're going to chat about the Nintendo Switch Online. So I've been playing a lot of that this week. I think I've played every single game on the 64 and a bunch of them on the, the Mega Drive. Or weirdly enough, Genesis, as I know it, even though it wasn't called that in Australia, but I never had a Mega Drive. Um really keen to talk about facebook so that's the next story and the news and then lastly is just mastodon 
the Atlanta-based Georgia, Georgia, yeah, Atlanta, Georgia-based metal band uh, released their new album, and it's awesome, and I really love it. And I had a Mastodon yellow shirt on originally that I bought at one of their shows that now my son's destroyed with uh, chocolate from Halloween. I'll, so I'll say it again. You need to get rid of that kid. I'll, Put him up for adoption. I'll get that bastard back. <laughs> what I'll do is I'll eat his candy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that shirt was the most non-metal shirt looking shirt. It was great. It, it's my it's favorite totally metal. metal. Well, yeah. it's one of my favorite metal shirts. Some of them, I don't really fit them anymore, but it, like some of them are quite disturbing the way they look. And I, I do like wearing them. I think I've got an FU shirt as well, don't I, Swinney? Oh, I can't oh, remember. No, I, I, I've got a shirt that says "Happy or? Birthday F." Uh, ah, yes, yes. And I, I, I used to wear that everywhere like a maniac. My favorite metal shirt I used to have was a Children of Bodom shirt because I would wear it around, and I swear I had probably like fifty people over, like when I used to wear it, like call out in the street, "Ah, oh, Children of yeah. Bodom!" Yeah, yeah. The horns. And it's like no other band shirt ever did that. So it was just Children of Bodom. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, like R.I.P. Alexis Slayer. I, I do find because you know we both got a stack of metal shirts. I find that if I wear an Opeth shirt, I have the best conversations with people. <laughs> but the Tool one is the worst. I, I actually retired my Tool shirts because I just I don't know. It just attracts the wrong crowd for some reason. So, but yeah, this Mastodon album is very good, Swinny. You should listen to it. It's very enjoyable. I'll check it out. It's a good listen. It's long. So if you like to smoke the peace pipe, it's probably a good idea to just chill and you know listen to it on whatever service you listen to stuff on. And how about you, Swinny, this week in gaming? This week, uh, just did a, my second playthrough of Echo Generation. It's a lot better when you a know game what to that do. you think is what a six out of ten. It's, I'd say probably yeah, six out of ten could be probably a seven out of ten with with some improvements. But um, oh wait, wait, and, can I can I explore this? Wait, so you're saying even if they balanced it, you'd still just give it like a seven? Yeah, but I'm also extra? I'm very I'm very like you know my scale. Yeah, true. I'm you're like, not an IGN I'm, scale. No, I'm very much like it'd be like an eight or a, a nine. Si- a IGN. six is a good game. A seven is a great game, and everything beyond that okay. it scales up. So yep. everything beyond that is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yes, they're my my favorite game of all time. No, we'll uh, one one day we'll need to talk about our favorite games of all time. I'm sure that's that's I've never re- been done on a podcast ever. Before. No, no, never. No, I've for, never said Super Metroid like every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So I've also been playing some Light Fairy Tale. Completed that. I'll be reviewing that later. Mm-hmm. Um. Played my spooky game Ooh. that we'll also talk about later. And the only other game I've really put some time into, even though it wasn't much this week, was a game called Underhero. So Underhero is not a new release. It came out about uh, a year and a half ago or the start of last year. And it's a platformer RPG that I purchased and just kind of sat on, just randomly thought, hey, I'm, I haven't played this yet. It's from a Spanish developer called Paper Castle Games. It's on PS4, PC, Switch and Xbox One. And I'm honestly really, really enjoying it so far. It's a, honestly a great surprise. It's nice when you've got a game that you just bought and because obviously I'm an RPG collector and achievement whore, but it turns out to be like a really great game. It's always a nice surprise. Um, so I've only put about an hour into it, still kind of almost in, in the tutorial sections of it. And it's just got a really, really unique battle system. And I feel like I'm definitely repeating myself with this, so uh, I'm hoping the other guys stay engaged with me here. But it's almost like a mix of Dark Souls and Punch-Out. 
So Dark Souls in the sense of it's turn-based, but it's, you've all, it's all about stamina management, stamina bar. And it's like punch out because you are dodging like high and low attacks based on enemy tells. So you've got a lizard that might uh, wink twice, then you know they're going to do high attacks, so you're going to duck. And then the dodges help replenish your stamina meter. Um, so it's all about that risk reward. Do I wait and dodge and to get more stamina and, and so on? You can also parry, which is a different thing. Also replenish the stamina, but it's hard at the time. But yeah, overall, it's really enjoying it so far. Very early. Um, looking forward to getting more into it next week. So I might just, uh, oh, this week, I should say, and chat about it next week. So You know, when you mentioned the whole Dark Souls thing, there's two things that are like becoming very apparent. So you guys beat Dark Souls when it came out like 10 years ago. I yep. beat it within this year, right? Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's like straight away one of my favorite games of all time, speaking of which. But I'm now like, like, so you know how I work. Like if I haven't played something, I'm not going to comment on it, right? Mm. But man, that game gets a lot of hate and people using it as a reference point. Like people hate the whole oh, it's a Dark Souls-like or a Souls-like. And I'm like, what? Like, I, I really struggle to understand the hate of using those concepts. It's like it communicates something very hmm. quickly and effectively how that game sets up hmm. a certain, you know, risk-reward dynamic that, you know, challenges the player in a really cool way and hasn't really done before, hmm. like, in that execution framework. Um, and then also the game itself gets so much hate. It's like crazy to me. Like I watched, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, 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 Last Stand Media who used to be Colin's Last Stand. So Sacred Symbols, it's like the biggest PlayStation podcast in the world. And they did a whole event with six of them. And one of the guys said, like, the question was the greatest video game of all time. One of the guys said Dark Souls and he was voted like second last. I'm like, really? Like, mm. and, and a game that came above it, Toy Story 3. On the Xbox what? 360. Seriously? <laughs> that, is, that is a good game. Yeah, that that, yeah but game. come on. That was the joke. It was almost like everyone thinks this is a shit game. But actually, if you look at that game and some of the stuff that Toy Story 3 did, it actually mm. was like the first time that anyone did those things in a game. Yeah. So it's, it's quite de- Avalanche as well. So Yeah. But it's not um, better than Dark Souls. <laughs> I'll just clarify mm. as well. Like, it's very much just the stamina part. Yeah, yeah, this, sure, is, sure. this is like a platform or turn-based RPG. But yeah. as you said, it's like it helps communicate the fact that, yeah, like managing that stuff is exactly what obviously the combat's built around in Dark Souls. So. Yeah, no. I, d- I just wonder if the whole Dark Souls hate's got anything to do with just people feeling like it's pretentious or too hard and it doesn't have like accessibility because it's too hard for some people to be, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, well, let's jump into the first news item and it's all about the largest social media company in the world has formally changed its name from facebook which we knew it was going to my joke was it was going to be called the and instead almost it's meta it's changed its name to meta how how the hell did they get that name oh it's impressive dude it's almost like they have facebook money yeah (laughs) weird huh no but they do they they have meta.com we would just come and buy the company that has the name Meta just like to get the name Meta. Is it intentional, by the way, when you have so much money that the the symbol isn't symmetrical? Is that intentional? Yes, like a symmetry? 100%. Why? Because, well, people notice and it goes in their brain. Um, so this was mm. like, so we'll probably call out the gaming highlights from this week's Facebook Connect. 
and there's quite a lot of interesting stuff and like i really wanted to raise it so the company has changed its name to meta so that's the head company facebook itself is still going to be called facebook and the whole point of the rebrand is really because mark zuckerberg wants to push the company aggressively into the metaverse space so space that's currently occupied by roblox which has been down for 24 hours is that right swinny at yes. time of recording and Fortnite. So Fortnite, you know, as everyone knows, many times recently they've had concerts. They've also hosted Star Wars trailers. They also hosted critical pieces of information about that Star Wars movie that was only in Fortnite, which I did not know until after watching that movie. And then I couldn't believe that that was actually something actually important to know before watching that movie. So um, the other thing was that Oculus as a brand, which is, I would say the most recognized VR brand name has been retired. Um, so it's still on products currently, but it will be phased out. So by 2023, it would be no longer and everything's going to be called Meta related to Oculus. So you have the Meta Quest, uh, Meta Horizon, Meta Home, everything like that. And it's all going to integrate into the Facebook universe and also Instagram as well, they've said. Um, and as part of that rebrand, they did actually, to be fair to Facebook, which is not one of my favorite companies, did acknowledge uh, the criticism that they had on the requirement to have a Facebook account, but they will require, I'm assuming, a Meta account. And they did say they want to authorize other accounts to be able to log into the Metaverse and you know use Meta devices. Uh, but they did specifically say work accounts. So I'm not expecting, based on what they're saying, like a Gmail, like just, you know, a standard Gmail mm. sort of account or something like that. It sounds like, you know, a work account. So, you know, someone who wants to meet virtually or telecom and things like that. Uh, the other things that they mentioned in the Facebook Connect was uh, a new project that was heavily rumored, Project Cambria, which is a pro VR set in line with the original sort of Oculus sets that were out. Uh, so it has advanced eye tracking and facial expressions, uh, leaning into areas where they've actually, you know, done fairly well recently. And finally, uh, after the real huge critical success of Resident Evil 4 VR, uh, which, you know, has had a complete VR overhaul of that game, you can play the entire game without a PC, it's just the Oculus Quest 2 to play it. And everyone that I've heard playing it absolutely loves it. So I'm really looking forward to playing it one day won't be right now. If you listened to the show last week, I could not procure the Oculus Quest 2 for this show. Uh, so that will be down the track. I'm almost thinking PSVR, but anyway, I'll park that. Uh, that they had a really cool announcement, actually, that GTA San Andreas is going to be built and have an overhaul very similar to Resident Evil 4 VR uh, and be released in the Meta Quest 2, I'm guessing, because it sounds like it's a little bit far away still. So yeah, like I think there's a lot of decent announcements i'm not a huge fan of meta or facebook as a company oculus is something i would actually have bought if it was its own company or owned by a company that i can you know get behind a little bit Trust. um but yeah like swinney like you're the one of us have you even used one of these vr devices i've never used vr in my life <laughs> yeah outside of the vr we talked about <laughs> yeah, in our local show, like yeah. Full joint like 10 15 years ago or whatever, whatever I think we've mentioned this story once before but like there was a pool joint we always used to go to and I it, like they obviously had invested like tens of thousands of dollars in this like 90s VR set and experience and they never wanted to move it and it was so expensive it was like 25 Australian dollars or something from memory to use it 
And I don't think we ever saw anyone use it from memory. No, they, they were ahead of their time. That was the real metaverse. That was <laughs> yeah. the fun fun city metaverse. <laughs> Too <laughs> early. Right. Yeah. That's oh. awesome. But yeah, um, things, like, are, things have improved a little bit, Sweeney, since then. Yeah, but I guess that's the asking. No, yet to use VR. Obviously, I'm super keen to try it at some point. Mm. I've definitely had my eye on getting one now that I've got more space to use that stuff, especially ones that, you know, require a bit more, um, like, it's so for listeners might just held up an oculus uh was that a quest 2 quest two, advertising yeah. at a quest, two, quest yes. 2 so um but yeah in terms of this news look it's facebook mm. everything they do has just a, an an air of just like um just insincerity i you know mm. so i i love where this technology is going i think it's going to open up a lot of great avenues around um just just the idea of having virtual spaces, I think, is cool. I know it's not brand new, but I like that idea. But just I've mentioned it when we were recording before. Just Mark Zuckerberg is the, Mark Zuckerberg is one of the most like just you just look at him and you're, yeah. I just don't trust a single word he says. I just really don't. That was the most artificial fake presentation I've seen in a long time. Everything about it ironically obviously because it's all about vr it was just felt so fake and scripted and oh god i was rolling my eyes the whole time it is like i i would you know if people are keen on this stuff and interested i would recommend people go back and watching watch the facebook connect uh stream because it is interesting like it's funny mm, and there's yeah, a lot of interesting stuff in there and i don't disagree with you mike it, it's very weird and just like when he's looking at his avatar, his virtual avatar and everything, oh. and then he mirrors himself. And it's, it's just, you know, the joke about the robot, like there's a robot avatar and he's like, oh, I thought I would be the robot. I'm like, there's no way he would have come up with that. Or <laughs> like, he maybe even understood why that's funny. <laughs> like potentially. He's a strange the guy. The presentation feels like a parody. It's kind it does, of wild. Yeah. It's yeah. so uncanny. But the, what the idea is like a sound a really sound and yeah. cool and obviously they're t- that's the direction they're going with to get away from traditional social media they're kind of moving to that as well but just like we went into death when we were talking before just the privacy nature of mm. it like this is just facebook are one of the worst offenders in the past of this stuff yeah and this i just i, I don't have a facebook account i don't have an instagram account like i I wouldn't trust them at all with my information. Hmm. So. Well, it, it's it's also be, so, sorry, Antigod. I think ultimately it's the it's the the pinnacle of the quote that if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. And I think this is taking it a mm. whole new level, where what they're trying to do is is get you into this virtual world where they can suck every single thing out of you that they possibly can because they'll know zuck, everything about zuck you. Every single they'll zuck, zuck everything out of you that they possibly can. And this is this is why I think, look, it's, it's an off. interesting innovation and I think it's going to succeed because a lot of people will, will fall for this. And I, w- I won't go through my rant, my philosophical rant that I had before about the fact that people unfortunately will be happy to live in this virtual world mm. because for a lot of people the real world sucks i like the real world <laughs> as shit as it is in a lot of times as hard as it I is in a lot of cases specifically, i love the real world specifically you said you love reality yeah i love reality i do <laughs> i love going in and out of virtual reality here and there just to dabble with it and experience games and whether that's in an actual vr world or just a let's say a 2d plane of a monitor don't get me wrong i, I <laughs> 
I grew up experiencing all these different things, but I think there's a limit to how much I'm willing to personally, and I think this this goes for a lot of people, how much they're willing to 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 give up their real world to try to live in this thing. Um, and and first and foremost, to me, the creepiest thing ultimately is that Facebook are about profits and they're about making money in the end. And this whole thing about connecting people is just, yeah, sure. Okay, yes. But really, it's a means to an end. And ultimately, it's about what can they do with the information that they get on you. And if you're going to spend most of your time in the virtual world, you're going to use virtual currency to to do those things. You're going to get paid in the real world, let's call it that, for stuff that you do. And a bunch of your money is going to go into, into this thing so you can continuously do stuff in the virtual world. To me, that's just weird. It's 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 messed up, man. It really is when when we get to to a world. It's such a dystopian idea, especially <laughs> coming from from a company like like Facebook to do that. It's nuts. Um, and just just one one thing one thing that I think is quite quite cool though about something like the Project Cambria that I don't think we covered just yet is that he did he did mention in 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 the Facebook Connect stream that it's supposed to be sort of the the latest tech that they're putting into this so it's going to be quite a premium device until they can get those features to the standard well, I can't call it Oculus anymore the standard Quest products so I think that's going to be interesting it's going to be cool to see how th- how this because it's a huge company with a lot of money behind them will evolve VR um a- as a piece of technology I just think ultimately for me, um, it's it's becoming really dystopian. This whole thing that I watched felt like an episode of Black Mirror. It really did. Like you could take this entire thing, label it as a Black Mirror episode, and I'd be like, yeah, that, that's a good episode. I like that. We haven't spoken about the most important piece of news that came out of this Facebook Connect, though. Mm-hmm. Just posted an image in our, uh, our chat. Sorry, I linked to an image. Mm-hmm. That uh, Mark Zuckerberg was using a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce as a door stopper. Uh, sorry, a book, a book, what? Thing. A book sh- <laughs> what do you call them? It's the best thing ever. It's like that everything, is pretty cool, actually. everything is so manufactured in a certain way that somebody, like, somebody must have placed it there. Oh, of course. For sure. <laughs> but it's like, why? Why would you put that on a shelf? Next to a pic of Betsy, his maybe as part dog. of Cambria, you can taste things, you know. So that's like going to be sweet baby raised honey yeah. barbecue sauce. No, that would be interesting. Yeah, mm. look, like Mike, I, I get what you're saying. I think the scary thing is Facebook is, you know, what is there like ten companies in the world, like the ten cents of the world, Apple, Google. Like, there's very few companies that, if they go full on in this space, can only win. Like everyone mm. else, like basically you've got 10 players in the entire world that could only potentially win, right? And right now, from a metaverse perspective, you've only, like, honestly, Roblox and Fortnite are the only, you know, and more so Epic with Fortnite. Like, they're, you know, big, big, big on the metaverse and pushing that angle. Um, But, I mean, they're never going to be able to compete with Facebook. Facebook has got, like, the most ridiculously deep pockets and it does worry me because I think the whole metaverse space, you know, I'm not like, you know, I love learning about new tech. You know, I was huge on Bitcoin, you know, right when it first started, you know, I'm not that big on like things like NFTs and all these other kind of things that are bu- bubbling up, but the whole metaverse idea, I genuinely think that that could be like as revolutionary as the internet. And when you're saying about that, it's like, I totally could imagine people getting jobs in the metaverse, getting paid in that world's currency and then you're like so 
like locked in then, right? Yep. And, it, and it, you know, I can see this sort of economic loop that it creates. And, you know, it, it, like I think the pandemic has proven that people can stay at home and work and do things. So it's kind of like as a model, they've almost like had real evidence to show this can work, right? So for me, it's like, I, I feel like the whole metaverse thing is an inevitability. And, you know, the whole VR thing, the way they do it, it's not going to work. There's got to be some huge advance in that space. But, man, I do not want Facebook to be the winner. Like the idea that Zuckerberg is the uh, president creepy. of the metaverse is like, like, I, I'd be like one of those people, like, how do we blow up this metaverse? Z Zuckerberg will be the Lord British of the metaverse. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone will hack it and then take him down. All right. Let's not, let's not put um, violent threats out there. Cause I know what happened yeah, to Lord British in that game. Yeah. Like, let's chill on that Sweeney. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think we've done that topic, but like, look, to be fair, like a lot of cool announcements. I, I hope it propels and pushes other players to do more in this space. I'm super keen to see what Sony does with PSVR 2 next year, which almost certainly will be a holiday device for next year. So really looking forward to that. Uh, let's get into the next story. Uh, PlayStation State of Play was this week. It was about 20 mm -hmm. minutes. Uh, Mike and I actually did live stream that. So if you jump on Twitch and Facebook, you can still see the playbacks of those streams. Um, you know, I think we felt it was like, you know, fairly decent, but it was funny watching it. I think both of us thought this is more of a Swinney stream. So maybe I'll hand over to you, Swinney, to talk about some of the things you're keen about. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I I didn't do the live reaction because um, it was just before like a work day. And I'm just like, you know what? If you guys want to do it, you can do it. Um, and I'm kind of glad I didn't because I, I didn't think it was a great presentation mm. either. But as you said, uh, there was two specific games that super piqued my interest that, um, you know, that you guys are probably like, it's just not probably your jam at the time as well. But um, what the first being what they opened with, which was a huge surprise. So it was Death Verse, Let It Die. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Death Verse was a game that came out in 2016. It was developed by Grasshopper. So that's Suda51 Studio and Gung Ho. And uh, it came out on PS4 and later on PC. And it was a free-to-play action roguelike basically that had like permadeath and asynchronous multiplayer it was really really cool ideas bit of a mixed reception when it came out but there were some people that actually really really liked the game and i remember at the time being kind of very jealous of the people that had you know the ability to play it um because it just seemed like right up my alley i love suda 51's games it had souls like combat apparently because i never got a chance to try it myself and but it was a game that kind of came, had a little bit of a buzz um, at the time, and then kind of just went and disappeared. And it was free to play. And I think that they had, I think they had some very bad microtransaction practices in there, so that kind of didn't help the game as well. But it it, it stayed around. Uh, Gung Ho, uh, the online entertainment, the ones kind of supported it. it. Was still getting updates. It was up to like season seventeen and stuff for, as recently. And they announced a a new game in that series now it's not so much a sequel as it is kind of like a new battle royale style game in the same universe basically so it takes place a couple hundred years after that first game and it's not being developed by grasshopper manufacturer this time so no suda 51 it's being developed by gung-ho and super trick games i think super trick games were also involved in the first one 
Um, so this is more like a PvP DE. So there's definitely enemies in there, and it's also free to play as well. But I'm actually super interested in this game because it just has the kind of the the tone that I like. It, the combat looks really really cool. Apparently, there's invincible like CPU hunters that can evade the match and hunt people down. And I always loved that idea. That was very much a Dark Souls pre-release kind of funny thing where they would have uh, invade invincible invaders come in that for, to kill people and stuff. But um, yeah, so this is coming in quarter two next year. Um, to PS4 and PS5, and now that I have a PS5, I can actually play it. So I look forward to it. Have you I, I have to yeah. say, with like, I'm, I'm more than happy to jump on and maybe stream it or something like that. But I, I do find it with Suda Fifty One, man, that 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 like the the games are so divisive. Like people either are on board or just like <laughs> way on, way not on board. And with the trailer, I was a bit like, well, like, what is this game? This is like, you saw our reaction to it. Hmm. I was just yeah. like, oh, I don't understand this game. As soon as I saw the game and I'm like, this, I, I knew what it mm. was, but I'm like, but it's, I'm like, but I didn't think that was a multiplayer game. And I'm like, it was mm. weird. But I understand, like, I'm actually not, like, I'm not a big fan of the No More Heroes series, which is the oh. series that he's mo- kind of most famous for now. But I'm a huge fan of like Killer7 and... Um, you know, Shadows of the Damned and stuff like mm, that. Huh. So I definitely love Suda's work. But um, the other game, which was um, also a huge surprise, was the next Star Ocean. So Star Ocean, the Divine Force. So this is the sixth mainline game in the series, um, which is developed by Triace and published by Square Enix. So for anyone that doesn't know Triace, they're most famous for the Valkyrie Profile games, uh, Resonance of Fate, which is a game I absolutely love. I talked about that in our most underrated games feature quite a few episodes ago. And Final Fantasy XIII 2, as well as uh, Lightning Returns Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy XIII. So they're very well-regarded RPG developers. And actually formed, interestingly, they're formed as an offshoot studio from key stuff that worked on Tales of Fantasia, the very first Tales game. So oh, basically... Wow. Tales of Fantasia game came out in the SNES. Then um, some key studio members left and formed Triace, and then they created the first Star Ocean game. That's why the game Tales uh. and Star Ocean's always kind of had a a linked relationship, especially in the battle systems. Um, but anyway, this is the first game since the 2016 game, uh, which was the fifth in the series, which was Integrity and Faithlessness, which was only on the PS4. Uh, I think it might have got a PS3 report in Japan. Uh, I never played that game, but I know that that game was incredible. The, the reception to that was incredibly divided. Um, a lot of people thought that game had killed the series because not only did it not go well, I think financially, from what I heard, um, its critical reception was pretty poor. So a lot of people were super surprised to see this announcement, but it's actually the 25th anniversary of the series. So it kind of makes sense if they were going to announce it. And obviously they've been working for a while because it's coming next year. So hmm. uh, I still, the, the only Star Ocean game I've ever played was number four, The Last Hope. But when I say I played that, I put probably about 400 hours into that game. Whoa, um, dude. I Damn. still have PTSD because I haven't completed it. <laughs> It was. It's like my white whale um, <laughs> in achievements. Uh, no. It is my white whale. Like I still like. It's funny when I transferred all my save files from one Xbox 360 to another. I didn't transfer that one just in case 
no initially just in case something went wrong because i'm like i have to preserve this save file wow but um anyway i don't think i'll ever actually end up completing that game but i'm looking forward to trying this it's uh coming out uh, essentially on all the platforms except switch uh, next year so i must admit like when we were watching it i was a bit like oh what is this game blah 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 and then when it was star ocean i was like oh wow star ocean that's kind of cool it's when i when i saw it like that's i jumped randomly in the stream you guys were watching that's mm. what i jumped that's where i jumped in mm. and straight away i'm like this is bloody starishing because it's the same character designer and it's the same ugly ass characters um i've wow. never liked the starishing design may i su- suggest the next time we do a playstation stream Let's get the guy who only just got a PlayStation 5 to do it because he knows a shit ton more about the platform. No, I would. It's the fact that it was literally like 8 Mm a.m. on a work day. I'm like, you know, I should But we should all say we're working remotely, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we should all say that. I I only work work out half the day. Okay. I had an dude. I had an eight thirty meeting. Okay. I had an eight thirty meeting. Like we, I had an overrun of ten minutes okay. to finish okay. the stream, get to work. So bloody eight thirty meetings. We we, we we obviously are doxing ourselves or disclosing, you know, the companies that we work for and everything like that. But you guys know where I work, right? Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what meeting I had at nine a.m. and who it was with? The CEO. Oh God. <laughs> and it's like I work at a pretty big company, like barely. Well, you're company. willing to make that sacrifice. I'm willing to take a <laughs> no, like to, to be, be I, sensible. Sometimes I need to defend myself. I do my work well regarded, and I get stuff done. And you know, that's my time. Like, and we yeah. finished at eight thirty. Bang! Like, I was working. I can't believe exactly. you guys are giving Turn me shit it. for not joining. That we're not stream. giving you shit. I I first, shit. He gave you shit. And when I when I'm, I I'm, called out to you guys, oh, are there any games you guys want to cover? You all said no. No, I'm giving myself <laughs> shit for the fact that you. You would have been way better at covering that than <laughs> I would enough, ever have been. So, I'll yeah. say, though, I, I've got to be careful with what I say because I do not want to do the next big stream that I can think of, which is the Xbox reveal stream, which is like in a few Wait, weeks because it's at 4 a.m. in the morning, Ooh. our time. Mm. I'll, be, which, I'll be doing that one. Are you actually going to do that? Well, we'll see. We'll see what we'll we do it. Maybe I'll yeah, wake up. Depends what <laughs> it's the anniversary. Of the week, it's the yeah. anniversary stream, so twentieth we, we, anniversary, we, right? We will have to keep. We'll have to check what they kind of say about it because it might say say about it because who knows? It might not really be what we're wanting. So, mm, and I, I, I we'll guess see. that gets on to my like wrap of of the, the sort of PlayStation state of play. I feel like with Nintendo, even when people shit on it and go, "Oh, that was a terrible." direct you know i think we're usually like oh it was pretty decent there was some cool stuff that they announced i do find that with microsoft and playstation they can really just put these things out there and it's like why did they do that like this state of play i'm a bit like meh why like surely they got some big stuff coming up like they could wait a little bit longer but yeah look i i completely understand that a lot of people are like okay that was pointless for me right that's 100 percent. that's that's whatever but also, like, everyone's a victim of their own making with this, right? If a company says, oh, we, we want to hold a little presentation, it's only going to focus on third party, right? You've got to be realistic about what people hmm. are going to, what they're going to show there. And sure, they didn't show Final Fantasy 16, which is what people were wanting, right? So that sucks. But it's not like a company is going to market. They're going sure. to want to push this stuff, right? 
it's up to us to keep our expectations in check. I think they're oh, not going out there saying stuff that they don't deliver. So. I'm not sure if I agree with your point there because I think with marketing, you need to manage people's expectations, right? And if you put something out, I think when people talk about Nintendo, it's completely unreasonable. Like I think Nintendo, like they almost always have something decent to talk about or say, and it might just be you don't like that series, but it's a fairly big series. Like a lot of the times when they're talking about stuff. You know, are people shit on it? And it's Animal Crossing. I'm like, freaking Animal Crossing is massive. It's 35 million sales, right? For me, it was just like, and you know, I have very low expectations on these things. I was even saying, I don't think there's anything that's going to be announced, but we'll just watch it anyway and see how it goes, right? It's just, I don't really, I still like, I'm sticking to the point that I don't really understand why they did it, given that they're not doing it all the time. And it is a, it is a massive spotlight when they go, we've got a state of play. People are going to tune in and watch it and then go... Uh, I don't know, like Among Us clone, like it's just a bit weird and disjointed. Like it feels like give it another month or two, add one or two more games in, and it would have been a lot better. So, but yeah, anyway. Um, all right, let's go down to our final news item. So this week marked the 25th birthday of the legendary Tomb Raider series. To celebrate the occasion, Crystal Dynamics revealed exclusive footage of a planned survival horror reboot called Tomb Raider Ascension. So, Sweeney, you are the big Tomb Raider fan among us. I certainly am, and I'm the person that uh, also mans a run sheet, so this is a new story this week. Uh, <laughs> God <damn> so it. <laughs> The fact that it's Tomb Raider's 25th anniversary is not a brand new thing. They announced um, a while back, and they've been running stuff over the last few months to celebrate it, but this week was the birthday, was the i guess the anniversary of the first game's release on the on the saturn a lot of people think it was a pc and playstation game and at, at launch it was actually launched first on the saturn <laughs> can i say i'm literally googling this because i'm like saturn are you sure sweetie yeah. <laughs> and has since seen 19 entries in the series so obviously not all of them are considered like mainline games but obviously it's a massive series 25 years and to celebrate, they announced uh, switch ports of Guardian Light and uh, Temple of Osiris, which are the top-down or kind of isometric uh, action cop games, which were really, really cool. Uh, a lot of people were hoping for news of the next Tomb Raider game. Um, obviously, they didn't give that. But there are job listings that Crystal Dynamics have up that kind of almost hints that they're working on the next title. They didn't actually make the last Tomb Raider game. They made... The Tomb Raider reboot and um, of the last trilogy, Tomb Raider reboot and Rise Ooh. of, it was actually, uh, I think, Eidos Montreal. Some, it was definitely um, one of the other studios that made Rise of Tomb Raider. But yeah, so they've basically, oh, and the most important news, they finally launched the Tomb Raider cookbook and travel guide. <laughs> Fantastic. So Just what they, I was after. They announced that a while back, but they finally released it. And I actually checked it out on Amazon. I'm like, this would be an interesting trinket to own, but it led me to the fact that I didn't know there existed an Elder Scrolls cookbook that came out two years ago, and you can even listen to the audio version of it on Amazon. I'm like, an <laughs> audio version of the Elder Scrolls cookbook is the most, like, insane thing I've ever heard. But they've actually, like, this week they've also had some really, really cool little... Um, videos with a lot of the people involved with Tomb Raider over the years, so whether or not they were the voice actresses, the directors of some of the movies and, and the writers of the games, and even like a lot of the the promotional models that were famous at the time, like anyone that's kind of been Lara outside of, I guess, Angela Jolie and I think um, Alicia Vikander, I forget her name, but um, 
the that played Lara in the last Tomb Raider movie. Outside of them, like it was really, really cool to see all these these people be involved in the the future. Sorry, in the past of the series. But the most interesting thing that came out was um, Crystal Dynamics dropping uh, Tomb Raider Ascension footage, which was basically their the original direction they were wanting to take the reboot in 2013, or they were, they were, I guess, prototyping. So it's very much a lot of the footage shows that it was a survival horror game, basically. Mm. And it was, it's kind of leaning further into the direction. It's not the first time that they've gone and gone that way, but the last, I guess, piece of content that they'd released was DLC for Tomb Raider Underworld before the, the reboot. And that was very much leaning in this supernatural horror element. So you can see where they kind of really work on that and then figure hey, we could make this a whole game. Uh, obviously, they didn't go in that direction, but they still, a lot of the elements did carry over, you know, the usage of using a torch to light up the areas he's walking through caves. That's like, you know, like very central to the reboot and that sense of like fear and, and jump scares and stuff. But yeah, it's just for a company to do this, to show off um, like prototype footage of a game that never really came cool. out. It's you, this stuff usually comes out, but it comes out years after the fact by someone that worked on it that just wants their work mm. shown, not in the middle of like but from the, the the studio themselves to celebrate it. Like God, I'd love Nintendo to do this stuff. You know, <laughs> it'd be so cool. I know, I know. We need a giga leak to see that stuff. But 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 just yeah. on that, just on that, Sweeney. Before you move on, like I totally <clears throat> agree with you. Like I would love if companies, especially because this was you know eight years ago, right when they were going to reboot yeah. it in this direction, ballpark. Um, you know, there's plenty of examples, I'm sure, with Naughty Dog and, you know, like Rockstar and Activision, like all these companies that they've thought, oh, we'll take it one direction or another. I, like, I feel like that's awesome marketing, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it just gets people talking about your series. Huh. And, and honestly, I can't think of anyone who's done this. Like, actively a developer has gone, hey, look at this idea that we had. Like, and we never went forward with it. Like, what do you think mm. of it? Yeah, you get really good feedback from people and just gouge whether people are interested in, in taking the series in that direction. <laughs> this looks really cool. No, I love it's... a little horror. Yeah, gouge their eyes out. Yes. So um, if, anyone's interested in, if anyone's <laughs> interested in... I'm that's an accent. That's just pronunciation. <laughs> my pronunciation, whatever. <laughs> if, uh, if anyone's interested in hearing more about Tomb Raider prototypes, back on yes, our episode 26... We actually talked about Core Design's uh, prototype for a Tomb Raider 1 remake that actually got leaked and was playable. So you can go and check that out and we'll put the link in our description. But the last thing I wanted to say was, I'm as mentioned before, I'm a huge fan of the Tomb Raider series, specifically the original games and the, the Legend trilogy, which was when Crystal Dynamics came in. I've kindly, finally kind of um, come to grips with the fact that the reboot wasn't the direction that I wanted the series to go in, even though it was the first reboot game was a very good game. I'm kind of now I'm like, you know what? I need to jump into those other sequels. I got to get over the fact that the series changed, and I'm I just, you know, I still love those that style of game. So hmm. yeah, happy birthday, Tomb Raider! Just off the top of your head, it's got to be the number one video game series with a female protagonist. As the main protagonist, and always the main protagonist. Right? I mean, I believe uh, so. I mean, there wouldn't even be a competition, right? Metroid? Yeah. I believe no. she also Metroid, holds free. Metroid, like, Metroid Dread's already outsold every single Metroid game and probably is on track to outsell all of them combined. <laughs> this right. Yeah. But what are we judging it by? 
Oh no, but you got Tomb Raider has definitely sold more than Metroid. Did I? Tomb Raider's definitely okay. Fine. Honestly, like I've got to play through Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime, uh, sorry, Metroid might be my favorite series, right? And that's against Mario and Zelda and stuff like that, Mm. right? I would not put Metroid ahead of Tomb Raider in terms of if I say, what's the biggest, most influential? Probably right. Yeah, I I believe I believe Lara Croft also holds the Guinness. World record for the most amount of magazine covers, more than any supermodel or anything as well. So. Something else there. That's, <laughs> a, that's fascinating that it's most more triangular than any supermodel and stuff. Wow. Polyphons. Um, yes. Yeah, no, no, no. It's really, really cool. I did like Tomb Raider back in the day and haven't played any of the recent ones, even though I know Swinney's been a big proponent for me to jump back in. So, are they on Game Pass? Good games. <laughs> I always want to ask that question. Mm. I can't, don't think any are currently on Game Pass. I don't but, think yeah. so. They're usually, because they're, cause they're Obviously, we talked about this before. They released the the three pack, and even that wasn't special. That's true. They so go they, they, on they sale go special all a lot. the time. Yeah, all you the can get it for time. like five bucks normally. Like yeah, any version so of it. Yeah. cool. All right, well that wraps us up for the news this week. But as part of the wrap up, we have a little segment we call the minute mic. So the idea mm. is that there's lots of news that happened during the week. Mm. You know, we used to talk about it. If you go back to episode one. All of these items we would talk about, and the show would be like three hours or four hours long. So we've cut that. Would, each each segment would be two minutes long, max. Yeah, and you know, there's stuff that we're passionate about, but we don't really have anything to add. It's like cool news, awesome. Like we're looking forward to it, or we'll wait until it comes out, or we'll wait till some rumors that we're almost 100 percent certain will you know come to fruition. So we've come up with this minute mic idea. The intro to the segment is about two or three minutes long. <laughs> But Mike has one minute. <laughs> we will time it. He starts it. Then I press the button for the timer. So he's right, got go. his leisure. And there's a lot of words. And let's see if he can get it all in. If he can't, he has to streak at PAX Australia next year. So for the sake of everyone, I hope I can get this. Yeah. And Swinney judges whether he, he succeeded or failed. And he's a very lenient judge, by the way. He is because I, I watched I think you failed weeks, last week. And I feel like it might have just failed. But... Well, well, there's another, there's another French name in this one, so it's a hand. Oh, God. He did the name really well last time. He's, he's looking, just, he's looking. He he's added looking. extra crap to it for no reason and paused at certain points. But anyway, yeah, no, I'm waiting for I you, to go through. Okay, you ready? Okay. Um, Niantic Pikmin Bloom has launched in some regions, including Australia and the US. 343 have shown the campaign for Halo Infinite for the first time since last year. A demo of Metro Dread is now available on the Nintendo eShop. Returnal's latest update has added a suspense cycle feature and photo mode. Doom Eternal has added a new horde mode and it's free 6.66 update. According to uh, reputable leaks, Warner Bros. is working on a crossover platform fighter. Ubisoft head Ives Guillemont has confirmed Assassin's Creed Infinity will not be free to play. Sony has launched a new label, PlayStation PC, for its line of PC ports. PUBG, uh, publisher Crafton Inc. has acquired Subnautica developer Unknown Worlds. Blizzard has announced that it will pause plans for BlizzCon next year to reimagine the event. Vicarious Visions will be renamed after its recent amalgamation into Blizzard. Nintendo are closing down the California and Toronto offices. GoldenEye 007 on Nintendo 64 has finally been unbanned in Germany after 24 years. And finally, Sir Trevor McDonald is the new games master for the upcoming show reboot. Oh, Too nice easy work. this week. Too easy, boys. How many words was that, Swinney? 180. 180 exact same as last week. Mm. But not as many <laughs> French names. Like I is it Ives? Goulemot? Goulemont? Eves. Eves. How do you pronounce her name? Man, I don't know. Like I You did well though. You did well. I know, thanks. It's just French. I love I love the French language to bits. My mom speaks it. 
like a quarter of my family speaks it, but man, it's so many unnecessary letters in that language. Like Renault, how does an O become A U L T, or how does A U L T become an O? So you want, you want to make this a feature, Mike? This is this is like what uh, grinds my language gears. This is this is a good example. So this is like absolutely live breaking news, not big news, like but it just got released like a few minutes ago. That mm-hmm. uh, with the Lego sets, like the Super Mario series, that they're doing three Luigi Mansion sets. Oh. So I just posted it in mm. the in the chat. Uh, I with thought you. Were, I thought you were like that is breaking news. No, no, no. That just got announced. But that's a good example of oh, minute like news. The, yeah, like, I think it's worth talking ones. about it now. But but they oh, do man. have the little like Luigi uh, vacuum thing for Luigi's mansion thing, which is really yeah, cool. But I want like I make agree, an I actual agree. full also, mansion. Yeah, that's, I like, want a proper mansion set. Massive yeah. amount of pieces. And stuff. I know, but like we're yeah. all on the same page on that. But that that's a good example of uh, minute mic news. <laughs> so, literally last minute mic news. Breaking yeah. news. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Exactly. Thanks, folks. Minute second. Um, yeah. No. Well. Well done. Mike, like people need to Google what's the average speaking speed, and then they'll see you're speaking at a rate that's like, you know, I think it's like forty to fifty percent faster than really? a fast Damn. speaker okay. is speaking. We have yeah. hundred eighty. Yeah, hundred eighty is perfect. Okay, yeah. uh, hundred eighty is pretty good. Yeah, that's a fair barriers. Like yeah, you, it you is. Because it varies in difficulty. Yeah, I agree. So. I agree. All right, that's a, that's one of my favorite segments. All right, well, let, let's jump into the features. So this week, I have taken one for the team and upgraded, and I guess Mike has access to this. I don't know if he realizes, upgraded my Switch Online membership with the new expansion pack. And, <laughs> you know, I have not really been following too much of the news until the last couple of days on it, but I've been playing it myself, just getting a feel for it. And wow, the internet is not very happy. And I mm-hmm. very <laughs> few people who are saying it's good. Um, so like, firstly, I'll just double check. Because uh, I don't know, Mike, have you played any of it or? No, I have not. I didn't even realize I had access to it. So thank you. Yeah. So you, you're you on my family plan because we're in the same family, obviously, Nintendo. Yeah. Um, so you have access to it. And I should say, I got access to it because uh, my wife was going to get the Animal Crossing DLC. So it's uh, like, makes, makes sense. I was like, oh, there's kind of no point not getting it in a way. Mm. So yeah. uh, Swinney, do you have access to it? No, so I said when we talked about it last time, it's like I, I, I'm in no rush to go and to get this, and I'm glad I didn't right away. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. So okay, I, I like so I've played so, all of the Nintendo sixty four games and a whole bunch of the Mega Drive Genesis games. Um, start with the good. So the Genesis Mega Drive games, awesome, amazing. The emulation is awesome. I don't know if people have seen the Sega collection that previously had gone up. There was a lot of issues with the emulation on that. This was super tight, like really good. Like actually like it made me go through and play a whole bunch of Castlevania bloodlines. And I'm like, damn, this game's good. Uh, Sonic two is probably my favorite Sonic game. I'm not a huge fan of Sonic, but that is a really good game. And there's a whole bunch of other really awesome games that are on the mega drive collection. As I said, the emulation's awesome. It has rewind features, all the stuff that you see with the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo, like awesome edition. Um, So like that's starting with the good. And now going on to the 64 emulation. Wow. (laughs) Like, honestly, it was like, it was shocking to me how bad this was. Like the way that I can just quickly summarize it is this was exactly like what Sony did 
with the PlayStation Classic. Like Nintendo released the the SNES Mini, the NES Mini, really well executed, awesome, great emulation, not perfect but great. And then the PlayStation Classic came out and it was a piece of shit. Like it didn't work properly. Like the games were like 50 hertz in, you know, even in America, like they got the PAL versions of the games. Wow. They were just baffled by it. And it's, they've done the same thing, Nintendo. Like I don't understand what they've done here. Like it's bizarre. So for me, and as I said, I didn't, you know, I hadn't really heard anything about it. I was just like, I'm just going to play it. Hmm. And I'd played, I, I don't really tell you guys, but I play Mario 64 like, maybe once every other week, right? Because my son always wants me to play it, so we play it. So I'm actually super familiar with the All-Stars collection version of it. And I think that's a really good version of Mario 64. And I was defending the All-Stars, the 3D All-Stars collection, because I'm like, they've built a platform now. Like, it, it uses an emulator. They've got Lewis scripts to inject things in so they can, you know, modify the games really quickly, um, you know, change the bu- button mapping, all this kind of stuff, right? People have shown that this emulator in this Nintendo Switch Online, the N64 version, is the same fundamental emulator. But as soon as I started playing Mario 64, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's like, you know, and because, you know, I play that game so much, I'm like, damn, this game is like freaking laggy or something. Or like, Hmm. it just doesn't feel right. Like, I'm jumping and it's not like quite as snappy and everything. can I ask, sorry, are you, how are you playing this on using the 64 controller or using no. the regular controls? I didn't get the 64 controller. So okay. like I'm talking about like the 3D All-Stars collection, Mario 64, and then like the yeah. Mario 64 and the N64, yeah. and then handheld and wireless, like testing both. But I normally play handheld, which actually always has the least amount of lag because at least the amount of screen lag and then also controller lag because they're directly connected to the Switch. So I was like, fuck, okay, that's like weird. And then I started playing Ocarina of Time and I'm like, damn, this is... Because I've got the 3DS version of that, which is great. I mean, the biggest downside to it is it's on a 3DS, which is hard to go back to now because of the Switch. But it's still a great version of that game. And, you know, playing the 64 version, I'm like, oh my God, this is like so sluggish. And then even like Mario Kart 64, I'm like... It doesn't quite feel like, you know, I don't know. Like that one, to be fair, I've only really played it on CRTs and CRTs are just so far superior and I still play CRTs. So, you know, I know that there's lag on every game, but that one felt a bit off. But (laughs) this is where I started to hear what other people were talking about it. And that one was shocking to me because, you know, I'm a huge Mario Kart fan. I like pretty much like 100% all the games, right? So I'll go through, get all the cups, all gold cups, everything perfect. You know, then I'll go through the time trials and like make sure I beat all the ghosts and the developer ghosts if the game has it. And it was like shocking to see that. And this is just like in line with what they're doing, that you can't even play the recorded ghost of this version. Like they haven't coded it in to the emulator. I I could be wrong. I heard that if you play a certain region, maybe Japan, it works. But then, like, who's exactly wow, like who's gonna do that, right? Yeah. But so it's just I've heard something along those lines. I could be wrong, but it's like weird that something exists for that to work yeah. without the controller pack. Mm. But it doesn't work in like the region that obviously the majority of people we're hearing from are going to be playing it in, you know? Yeah, and look, there's you know I, I I'm definitely on the more Nintendo shield side of Nintendo criticism for everyone to understand. 
you know, for instance, with, you know, Mario 64, the Japanese version has rumble, the Western versions, the English versions don't. But to me, that's different because that's consistent because when they were released, we never had a rumble version of that game. They actually did a revision of Mario 64 in Japan after the rumble pack was released and it included rumble. So I'm like, I, I get that. That's a lot of work to bring that back in. That's not just a copy and paste. Like I think some people think it is right, but it's just these things of like, why does that feature, why is that missing? And I know there's a lot of issues with, I didn't get through it because it was, it felt so bad Ocarina of Time. And I love that game so dearly. I didn't want to ruin the image of it in my mind, but you know, seeing other people play it through and they're showing like, it's missing the fog, so you can see the Deku tree straight away. Mm. And it's just like artistic elements are completely botched in a way that's just, for me, completely unacceptable. Mm. And I just don't understand wow. what the hell has gone wrong with this. This is and like, so this, much is, money for this it, is so bad that I'm just like, they they actually literally need to fix this. Like, this will the, be ridiculous if they leave it like this. The biggest thing for me that I've seen, obviously I haven't experienced it myself, but... I was shocked when it showed what the controller mapping oh, is. Oh, fuck me. The controller mapping. Well, I, well, I, uh, I don't know if there's like a way for you to bring it to bring up an image of it at all. I know it's yeah, on the fly. I, I, I'll but... try to do it. But basically, Mike, so like the 64, I, my 64 controller is just out of reach, like the original mm-hmm. one. But, you know, the 64 controller is weird because, you know, they don't have, a, oh, it's too dark, right? They yeah, don't, I know what you mean. They don't have like Middle. an analog stick. They have the <clears throat> four buttons, which is like the, you know, the precursor of an analog mm-hmm. stick almost. But then they're stuck in this situation where they've got like two buttons and then they've got another two face buttons, but they don't have an extra two. And they've mapped it in the fucking weirdest way. And it's like, okay, I don't know why you've mapped it to like, it's like C down and C left. But then the fact that you cannot remap the buttons, you can't remap the buttons. It's like, mm. look, why? Why can't I remap the buttons? And it's actually a major issue for some games because it's remapped oh, yeah, it is. in a way that just don't work well. Yeah, um, and I experienced I that. I experienced that because I was playing, it was one of the games I'm not as familiar with, Winback or something. And I've I, had just to, post- I had to friggin' like hold it in the craziest way. I'll bring it up on the screen in a <laughs> second. Yeah, I've, just I've just posted a link if you want to. Yeah, yeah, I'll it. bring uh-huh. it up now. But um, I, like, I was holding it in the most weird way and I'm like... Is this? Like, oh wow! Did they okay. did they try this? Did they actually play this? Like, but it's like, also how's this possible? Like the fact that you have to hold ZR and then use the face buttons to use the full C, like four C buttons. Now maybe there's a technical reason for this, but couldn't they just do what they did for Mario sixty four on the All Stars and just map the C buttons to the right analog stick? No, they are. They are. They are mapped to that. Oh, so it's just the fact this screenshot's only showing doesn't show that no this screenshot shows it so see the right analog stick how it's pointing to the c uh-huh. this yeah. like c yeah. up down left right oh okay i can yeah. see now so i was looking at the bottom right okay i'm glad that's the case then oh at least that's what was even worse for me i'm like what <laughs> it seemed like there was such a better way to do this but yeah, it's still really like left and down. Like there must have been very specific reasons for them to choose left and down as those top two buttons, you know, or the top left. But it, yeah, they obviously thought it was like an important thing. The thing that threw, throws me is that ZL is the Z button and then the L button is the like so the it's actually called like what is it like it, yeah on the switch it's called the l button so you know yeah. you've got two shoulder buttons 
ZL corresponds to the Z button on the 64 controller. But I don't know. It, it psychologically was like throwing me because it's like, I don't remember any 64 game really that I used the L button. Like, because you'd almost always be holding it in the middle. If they put something like Mischief Makers, Mischief Maker on, on here, then that's a game that uses the D-pad. Mm. Then you'd need the, I'm fairly certain that uses the L button. But it's just, this is so, I know this is just Nintendo's way of, that they do stuff, but no. why not allow people to remap? It would just solve the issue. But anyway, like, it still doesn't solve the, the fact that games that run like absolute ass. Like, yeah. it's, it's just, the, the the biggest thing for me, the biggest disappointing thing is obviously it's frustrating to people that have spent the money and they haven't got the experience. And you can't get a refund. Yeah. There's no the, way to get a refund. The, the biggest thing for me is, as someone that still hasn't tried it firsthand, is this is going to be a lot of people's first experience playing a lot of these games. And they're just going to say, unless they're following the news, they're just going to be like, this, this, this is crap. Like, yeah, this, this doesn't up. feel right. I and wanted to play a Karina of Time. Yeah, and Dang then it. they're going to bounce off and or whatever. Mm. They've obviously got a year to play it now because they can't buy a month of it. But the thing is, like, it's going to sour everyone's first experience. If you haven't played Ocarina of Time before and you jump into this, what a horrible way to mm. experience this first time, you know? Yeah, like, but you know what the other thing is for me, Sweeney, is that, you know, I'm a big, like, CRT purist, right, in general, and... You know, not to get too, like, I'm certainly not gatekeeping. I do feel that Nintendo and Super Nintendo games translate pretty well on, like, flat screen, LCDs, like, all that kind of stuff, right? It's not the intended artistic design of it, but it still looks good. But I do find, personally, that PlayStation 1 and Sega Saturn Mm. and the Nintendo 64 suffer the most out of any of them because they really, really trying to take advantage of the natural effects of a CRT when displaying an image and blending things and blurring things and, you know, the way that they were presenting stuff and trying to get away with things, like, from a foggy perspective that looked good. Like, and, you know, I've fired up Mario six, uh, sorry Mario Kart 64, and that looks really cool on a CRT. But it looks like the way they've done it here and the way they've upscaled the the... The actual textures it's so like in your face like the mm. polygons are so blocky and then there's like no filters in this emulator it's just like we're gonna mm. display a chunky ass pixel on a right next to a weird like rendered upscaled polygon and it's like fuck it just doesn't look right man like it's people are gonna thing. go ocarina time oh that's a shit game what like these three <laughs> old guys on this big wig podcast talking about it's a great thing we uh, haven't got that uh, N64 Mini Classic yet because <laughs> at least they can update this. Well, you know, and going to that, like I never really thought they'd release a 64 Mini. I thought they would always do a Game Boy Mini if they were going to do something like that. But holy shit, like it just shows that they don't know what they're doing in a weird way with the emulation. And I have played the Wii U emulation and I've found it to be very poor, but it's amazing. It's worse. Like how's it? fucking worse on the switch it's like i don't i don't accept for a second when people say oh this is nintendo this is beyond nintendo man this is not like normally what nintendo does with this kind of stuff like the super nes emulation's good the nes is good the mega drive's good this freaking like 64 one it's totally unacceptable man and Mm. i can say this right now if they have for sure they must have like the game boy 
like, uh, you know, ready to go, I feel like as a gesture to people, they should release it early. Hmm. Like, I'm sure that they have it lined up for next year, right? To go, oh, we've got the Game Boy collection now as part of the expansion pack. No doubt. I think that they need to release it early. Like, I, you know, this is this is a total cock-up. Like, they've really screwed this up. And my last point that I just want to mention is, and this just shows the lack of, like, QA and passion for this stuff, right? They release a Switch OLED, right? So I almost always play oh, on handheld. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mike hasn't re- referenced. We'll talk about it next week, Mike, when you get to play yeah. it. But Mike uh, caved and bought a Switch OLED, of course. That they freaking have a permanent display over the 64 emulator, which you can't get rid of, right? Which shows like this blurry background and all this other kind of crap, right? When I've got an OLED screen. So show me a pure black screen and it will just fade away. I won't see it. But not just that, it's that I'll get burning if I play these games for too long because it's a static overlay. Like, what, what, like, what the hell, Nintendo, man? You've got no passion wow. here. What the, like, yeah. that just pisses they me off so much. They didn't think that through at all. Damn. It's just they don't care. Like, it's mm. actually shocking to me. So, huge There is a solution down. to your problems. Yeah. You want to get yourself a uh, Super Pie. No, get that's... yourself a little... Uh, okay. A little emulator of your own. You're you're like showing. <laughs> I have a lot of retro pies and stuff like that. They are pretty bad emulators as well. Like Damn it, almost okay. just as bad as this. So <laughs> you are you are not a good judge of that. Um, Fair enough. All right, let's let's move but on they, to they, a, these. Do look pretty cool though. Yeah, they, they look like a SNES classic that you were trying to show me. I think my baby's crying in the background. Um, let's move on to the next segment, Mike. Go, go on, Swinny. I was like more just trying to shut up, Mike. <laughs> All good. All right. So this week um, was the release of probably the most obscure game I'm ever going to talk about on this show outside of maybe some dodgy mobile game I'll randomly play one day. But a game by the name of Light Fairy Tale, Episode 2 specifically. So what this game is, is actually, well, by the, you know, what you can tell by the name, it's the second part of a game. The first game came out two years ago and i randomly saw it as a new release on the xbox store i'm like this looks really cool i haven't heard of this it's like you know it looks like a ps1 jrpg like your final fantasy 7 style and it was cheap and so i purchased it and i was really surprised i really enjoyed it a very bite-sized game we're talking like a three-hour game or so but i i really liked it so it's Obviously, two years later, we've finally got the second part of it. And the reason why it's taken so long is uh, these games are made by one person. So it's a one-person wow. studio called Neko.Works, specifically. I read in there on their page, you pronounce the dot. Um, and this uh, is a French developer, and they clearly have a real deep love for RPG, so much so that the official YouTube channel even has like Final Fantasy VI Let's Plays on it and stuff That's for the cool. actual studio. And the original series was actually kickstarted um well attempted to kickstart it actually failed and they developed a game called super night riders to actually obviously you know to like it seemed like that game was something that could put out um with uh, less hassle than a full-blown rpg um and that helped fund the development of the episode one and now we finally got episode two so i believe it came out in steam a couple of months ago but it finally came on xbox uh, I think it's coming out to PS4 later this year, but I uh, had a chance to play through it. Um, 
So just like the first game, uh, pretty short experience, but I knew that going in. Um, we're talking about, yeah, about three to four hour game, a little bit more just for a clean up some completionist stuff. But um, it's, yeah, for anyone that can see the footage, it's very much, it's a turn-based RPG in the vein of your PlayStation 1 Final Fantasy games. And it's very much a throwback in many ways. It's got some really, really nice graphics, um, kind of very much chippy style, but then um, it's just, I don't know, it's just got a really nice look to it. And it's actually got some really nice music as well. So from a presentation standpoint, the games are really, really strong as well. Uh, episode one was set in almost like a Midgar style um, city that's, you know, very much like Final Fantasy VII. And episode two takes place in like icy wastes. So I think from an environmental standpoint, doesn't look as nice, but that's just the, the story needed to go in that direction. Um, mm. But yeah, from, a, I guess, what the game plays like. So the battles are pretty, pretty standard JRPG stuff, but it's nice. Sometimes it's, you know, a game doesn't want to reinvent the wheel. It just wants to pay homage to, you know, games that came before does have a neat little orb system, you know, where you're equipping orbs against your different gear for elemental attack or defense. Uh, a little bit of strategy there. But it can get a little unbalanced in places, but this is where these games actually are a little unique in the sense that there are limited battles. So it's not like you can fight as many enemies as you want. There's actually zones you go into where you'll encounter the enemies. And once you've encountered, say, three or four enemies in that zone it then clears that zone. So there's no way to actually grind to get overpowered in it. But it's also not a game that it's not really designed around that. As I said, it's a short experience. So it's not like you're hmm. building these characters up for an epic journey. You're just kind of playing through and enjoying the story. And the story is nice. It's look, it's nothing special, but it's got fun characters and some fun dialogue. It does pick up directly from the first episode. And honestly, because it's been about two years i have forgotten about the events of the first game, so I kind of wish I would have replayed the first game a bit because your progress actually carries over your character levels and your equipment and items and everything. I was but, about to ask. That's cool. Yeah, it does. But because it's been a while, um, if you asked me, you know, anything about where I was at the end of the first game, I, other than I remember your character jumping off a cliff, right? And that's where this game picks up. Hmm. Um, so I think if anyone did like the first game and it's been a while, should probably replay it leading into this. I think you'll probably, um, you know, it'll probably seamlessly transition a lot more. So, yeah, look, overall, I think it's a really, really fun little game. Um, just keep your expectations in check. So it was, uh, for, for launch, it was $12. Um, it's $15 normally. So it's obviously not a super expensive game, but it's also only about a three to four hour game. So keep that in mind. Um, I do. I think I did enjoy the first episode a little bit more, but this was still fun, um, and I'm keen to see where the story goes. There was part of me that was worried we'd never get the number suit too, so I'm just happy that the Neko.works was able to get there. Can, can I, I just guess... ask? Just sorry to interrupt on the number yeah. two thing. You know how it's called episode two? Is it like that? Made me think it's more like the Telltale style episode, but is it like almost a sequel or? Well, I mean, they're both just separate releases, Beth. Yeah. So they're not like, it's not DLC for the first game or anything. But it's almost like, technically speaking, they're different games. But if you were to think about that, yeah, it's all, it's an episodic game in some ways. But I think that, you know, again, this is a very independent developer. Um, so obviously, they're only able to work on a schedule that makes sense for what they can do. Um, but 
Uh, yeah, I guess the last thing I wanted to say was, you know, this was a failed Kickstarter project. Um, it's We don't hear about the failures very often, um, especially ones that end up making their way to a full release eventually. Um, so I just wanted to say, you know, get out there and support those developers wherever you can by buying their games, um, because I think that these are the people that really, really need it. So yeah, that's very cool. That, that looks pretty cool. All right, that well, let's get into our final segment for the the night. And it's a rather spooky segment. Ooh. So it's time to get spooky as uh, the Bigwig crew indulges in some super scary games to celebrate Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Tell us about your super scary game. I played, <laughs> <to God. laughs> I played a very extremely scary game. So scary mm. in the tradition of all slasher films was released itself on Halloween. Two years ago to the day this game was released. Mm. And that scary game is Luigi's Mansion 3. Luigi's <laughs> Mansion 3. The second time we've mentioned it today because the, the Lego is coming out <laughs> on this game. So, foreshadowing, that's, that's what that was. <laughs> so I bought this game, I think on release for memory. And I never, I like, I... I Okay, so this is what happened. I played it a little bit, and then my son at the time, who's obviously two years younger, found it way too scary. And for some reason, I thought, this is kind of like a funny game to play with him. And yeah, it just freaked him out. So it is spooky. There you go. It can't be spooky. Well, it is is for a three-year-old, yeah. (laughs) Hey, don't dox him. No, um, (laughs) no, I think he was two at the time. Uh, So... Yeah, like, and when I first played it, I was like, okay, yeah, it's pretty decent. I never really clicked with the GameCube Luigi's Mansion and then probably less so Dark Moon. I played a bit of that, maybe a couple of hours of that on the 3DS. I guess, you know, now people have to refer to it as Luigi's Mansion 2. And yeah, having jumped back into this for this week, I I really love this game. Like, this game is pretty awesome. Like, It's a really cool game, yeah. Yeah, it... it it definitely pays to crack through this game a little bit if you're not 100% clicking with it instantly. Like, you know, for me, when I first started playing, I'm like, oh, okay, and I keep playing it. And I was like, okay, I want to try to finish it. I'm probably, I'd say 70, 80% the way through the game. Like, it's pretty clear with, uh, you know, in terms of the structure of the game. And yeah, it's just a really awesome game, you know, highly recommended to people, you know, with young kids as well. Like, you know, obviously not two-year-olds maybe like in my case, but more like a four-year-old or five-year-old and beyond. And there's really cool like mechanics in this game. And what I really enjoy about it is, you know, you've got a very set grouping of mechanics pretty early in the game, including the new addition in this game, which is Gooigi, which can be a co-op character, an awesome name, love the name, makes me laugh every time. And, you know, just like the dynamic between those two characters, it's pretty cool what they've done there. Like, you know, Gooigi has some abilities that Luigi doesn't. Um, and just, you know, it, it they explore it really well in a really true Nintendo way. I think Next Level made this game. Um, but it, yep. it's got a very Nintendo vibe all over it in terms of its puzzle solving. And it's just a really, like, fun game to play and, you know, very easy to pick up and go and sort of go, oh, okay. You know, like, I'll, I'll spend half an hour, an hour with this game. The, like, you know, if you're watching the YouTube clip um, of the potty, you know, like, we're just seeing the scare, scape, a scraper mode. So, like, when they released the, the DLC to this game, it was all multiplayer DLC. I find this so bizarre that they've done this. I feel like everyone would want more story 
DLC mm. for this game. I don't know anyone who's talking about this game from a multiplayer perspective. Um, and they've always tried to push that angle with this game, which I thought was a bit weird. And, you know, I definitely think with the Nintendo Switch Online, one of the first things that they'll release, if they do additional DLC, they'll release, like, the DLC for this game for free because I'm sure no one buys it. Um, but going back to the game, like, as, as I said, really love it. Love the writing in the game, just, like, the structure of it and everything. It's uh, really awesome and, yeah, really enjoying it and definitely will finish it. I will say one thing just quickly, Swinney, is I do not see myself completing this game. So using the completionist style of, uh, you know, complete it versus finish it, I think I'll be a finish it type of game, which is unusual for me with Nintendo games like this. It's also a hell of a looker. Like for... Oh, it looks really good. We've kind of gotten used to the fact that a lot of Nintendo game, current day Nintendo games aren't going to be that technically um, impressive mm. from a visual standpoint. Now, I know this is very different in what it has to achieve and render versus, you know, an open world game, but it just... I think it just goes to show that the Switch can actually be impressive with, you know, its visuals sometimes. So. Yeah, and that's the art style, right? So... Mm. You know, it's the same to me as Breath of the Wild, where I think that game looks awesome and stacks up against a lot of PS4 releases because of its art style and consistency with it. But having said that, with the OLED, you know, up there with Astral Chain, Tetris Effect Connected, you know, this game, and Metroid Dread, to be fair, like, they're just really awesome games to play on the OLED because the colors are so vibrant in this game and there's Mm, lots of blacks and darks and... Just like, you know, all the kind of contrasting colors, it just really pops on the OLED. And I've like totally acclimatized myself to the OLED now. Whenever I see the real normal switches now, it's disgusting. Like I can't go back. Like there's no way I can go back. OLED snub. I could not go back. I could not get like a switch light either. I don't think. I Mm -hmm. think it would be like, like, nah, it just wouldn't look right. So, so that's me. Uh, I will finish this game, but I will not complete it because... There seems to be a lot to do in this game. And I'm just like, it's really mm. fun, but it's like a solid like seven or eight out of 10. It's not one of those games like Metroid Dread. I'll probably go back to Metroid Dread, to be honest, and try to do the under four hours for hard mode. So that's me, Jeez, Mike, good luck. going to you. Over to me. Cool. So the game that I've been playing is Outlast. Well, I played a couple of games, but the first one was Outlast. Um specifically on the switch because i wanted to be able to to do it from bed with headphones <laughs> on because it's the kind of game that i think you want to immerse yourself uh in that experience that way um it originally actually came out all the way back um in 2013 so it's not a recent game by any means but i never actually got into it and i'm i'm a bit of a fan of the the genre um in, in the sense that i've played uh, most of the Amnesia games, although I haven't completed all of them, um, Alien Isolation is still, to this day, one of my favorite games of all time. So if you guys haven't played it, I highly recommend it. Yeah, that's a, that's um, on my to-do list. It's a really, really brilliant game. Um, it, it, it's a gem of a game in so many ways, because I think... I, I actually think I'm the only person out of my entire group of known friends that's played that game, which is which is a bit strange. Um but anyway, so so with with Outlast, um, I'm not. I mean, I have no idea how far into the game I am. I don't know much about it. I don't want any spoilers. Um, I didn't. Um, I, I I didn't look up how long this game takes to finish or anything like that. Um, but I'm I'm a little bit of the way into it, and you know, so far it's it's kind of what I expected. Again, in in 
in the same sort of vein as Alien Isolation. There's a lot of suspense building. There's a lot of scripted scares. Uh, there's a lot of stealth um, because much like a lot of the games in the genre, you're quite powerless. You don't have guns. You don't have anything to really defend yourself with. You're running away a lot of the time. You're hiding a lot of the time. Um, and and it's it's what makes the game, I think, what it is. It's 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 a, it's a really cool cool in that sense. Um, likewise, I don't know if we have any footage for it, but I'll talk about it anyway. Just, um, sorry, I just want to mention yeah. something about Alice quickly. Of course, two, yeah. well, two things actually. First of all, yes, Indigo, I checked if that footage was age gated or not for our B roll, <laughs> even though it probably should it's be a pretty pretty uh, full on game. Is all um, I can say, we, we, yeah. we should just quickly say, like, just to bring the audience in, so. <laughs> The way it works on YouTube, weirdly, because we got flagged one time for a video and we went back and it was like, this video isn't age-gated that we've sourced it from. It was Assassin's Creed movie trailer. Yeah. And then YouTube, like, to their credit, actually said, well, okay, good point. <laughs> right? Like, we flagged your video. Someone's flagged it manually, weirdly enough. And then, yeah, they went back and they said no. So and, I, I but, thought of that when you when you yeah. did the trailer. I was like, I, shit, I was gonna, I was getting interrupted. I'm like, no, I'll wait for Mike to finish what he's saying. <laughs> uh, and the second thing is you could not pay me to play this game. Um, Why? I've, I've actually seen a lot of Outlast in, in the past. Um and that game looks absolutely terrifying. So you I can, it, it is. Sweeney, is there, good, like, good jump scares. I, I'm actually the same as you. Like, I played a little bit of, like, even the demo for Village, Resident Evil Village, which we might talk about soon. Um, that scared the shit out of me, even the demo, right? And I played a bit of Final wow. Fantasy VII, and I'm like, I can't play this game. This game's scaring the hell out of me, right? Really? But I'm a good games. sport about it, Sweeney. I feel like... If someone dared me, okay, finish Resident Evil 7 or play Resident Evil 7 VR, I would do it, right? But I feel like no matter what, like, what would have to happen with the show or something like that for you to go, yeah, okay, I'll play Resident Evil 7 VR? Mm. Oh, oh, no, not VR. Like, the thing is, if we had a million subscribers on our YouTube channel, you wouldn't do it. Uh, Let's look. I'm sure at some point there's a tipping point. But no, but what I'm saying that's how is, we get in. <laughs> you could not like pay me to play a game like wow. Outlast because it's not it's not all what I want from a video game. Like I'm just not into horror in that kind of horror. I like thrillers and stuff. But hmm. anyway, that's all I just wanted to say, and I wanted to Fair give enough. you a flag that it wasn't HK. <laughs> <laughs> and, and by the way, the game is other than the the gory bits. It's it's. I can't. I can't even talk about some of the stuff that's in yeah. the game. It's there's pretty some, bad. Yeah, there's some really gross stuff in that game. Really gross stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, Resident but, Evil. I, so just just quickly on out. Uh, well, on the whole genre in, in general, I I love those kind of games, and I tend to play them in. I don't play them during the day because I think it ruins the experience. Mm. I, if I play this, I like to play it properly, and I play them at night with headphones mm. on, uh, dark room. And it all stemmed from an experience I had when I was, oh gosh, still back in high school. And I got Aliens versus Predator 2, and I played as the as the Marine. And Harvey Norman had this clearance. I wouldn't even call it a VR headset. I, I, I think I told you guys the story before. It was basically, it looked like a VR headset, and it just had these prisms. And somehow with the CRT, it kind of gave you a more immersive experience because it would kill off your peripheral vision and you just have the actual game that you're focusing on with headphones on. Dudes, 
I reckon my heart went to like 180 beats per minute at least in that game where I actually had to physically put it down. It was I was by myself. I was about 13 or 14 or whatever the hell it was. Um, and it was this one of the scariest experiences I've ever had. The thing is, though, I've been so desensitized because I've played so many games after that where I don't really get that feeling anymore. I'm not really... I don't get that same level of scare i still get jump scares because we all do it's impossible because you can't predict that kind of stuff but to me i actually i enjoy the experience of getting into those weird creepy games now the one experience that interestingly enough into god i didn't find anywhere near as scary at least not now not yet uh as far as i am into the game is resident evil village mm. so started playing that one as well i've been meaning to play it because i played resident evil 7 finished it loved it um only ever experienced a little bit of the VR on PSVR, um, and it was pretty, pretty damn sweet, mm. amazing experience. Um, but Village so far has been excellent. I think I love the the new direction that the games have gone into. Um, bearing in mind that I think I've played most of the Resident Evil games that have come out um, since the original one, way back when, and even before that, Alone in the Dark and other all those games that kind of pre-dated resident evil i played as well mm. um but the di direction that it's got into now it's a first person survival horror that still has the shooting elements but it's balanced in such a way that you're not overpowered you're always the underdog good jump scares excellent graphics awesome location and it's set in east europe in a particular um again not to dox my I guess people are gonna know uh but it is fascinating the the only thing that ruins the immersion a little bit is I'm, I'm i'm playing it and i'm like okay so they talk about local things in the local language but then they have signs in english and freaking labels in english on a bunch of shit and i'm like it's a weird mishmash um and there's no i couldn't change voices to the local dialect because that would be doubly cool with subtitles and, and stuff i can but take anyway the, i can take the amazing voices, games right like that they're in English, but I, I'm kind of with you. I don't like when there's not localized signs. It's weird. It, it's kind of, I, but, there was this, yeah, it, it, it took, took me out of the experience mm. a little bit actually but seeing it, them. I think it depends if the signs are just there for visual or if they're actually also there to guide the player. Because then that changes, I think, how you have of to Of course, yeah. That. Sure. I mean, it's the, this particular sign that I'm thinking of is quite early on and... That's the first one that I noticed, and it it was to guide you towards this is where you, there's a workshop, this is where the, this blah blah blah, um, but it it still kind of just felt a bit weird because the whole rest of the world is so crafted to immerse you into it, and then you got but anyway minor thing really minor thing. Mm. Um, other than that, and I can't ruin the story, I can't ruin anything about the game itself, but it's a, it's a fantastic game so far, absolutely love it. Cool. And just a shout out for anyone, um, Resident Evil Code Veronica XHD is currently free as a Games of Gold. So that'll, yeah, if anyone's awesome. interested, that's backwards compatible on Xbox series and all that stuff. So still cool. so strange with the Resident Evil, because you're right, like about mm. the phases, but that the best selling Resident Evil game is not the one that you would expect. Like Which everyone one? thinks like Resident Evil 2, Resident 1, Evil 6, 4, isn't it? 7, but it's yeah. 5 and 6. Oh, five. In that five order, yeah. the best sellers. Like, what? They're like almost the most hated five, yeah. of the series. I thought 4 would be the biggest seller, especially mm. given how many platforms it's on now. Yeah, that's interesting. But, yeah. um, yeah, no, it's going gangbusters, Resident Evil again. Um, and you're mm -hmm. right. Like, it's like the new phase of it. So it's, it's they, cool to see. 
they just announced the DLC. There's some free DLC on the way as well. So mm. awesome. Nice. All right. Well, over to you, Swinney, for to mm. round up the spooky, and you're going to play a very spooky game. Yeah. So I do like. We all had different kind of almost like takes on the mission to play a spooky Halloween game. That wasn't um, what I said, but okay, whatever. Well, we're playing games for <laughs> I think Halloween. It's really cool. What we picked. <laughs> I picked what I feel is the most fitting game for a Halloween special which is a game set on Halloween where you actually go trick-or-treating called Costume Quests. Ooh, perfect. Yes, so Costume Quest, for anyone who doesn't know, came out uh, about uh, 11 years ago. So, yeah, back in October 2010. It's a Double Fine Productions game, uh, and it came out pretty much on a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, PC, PS3, Xbox 360, as well as mobile platforms. Uh, so... I remember when this game was announced back then that everyone's like, what the hell? Double Fine's making an RPG? That's really, really weird. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of, when you get into it, it's it's makes sense, makes so much sense. And I've I only played probably about the first third of the game. It's not a long game, but I'm like, I kind of just wanted to re-experience, you know, the tone and the, the characters and the comedy and everything. Because I have beaten this game in the past and I've beaten the sequel uh, a couple times actually and I've beaten the sequel a couple times. And I'm I'm a huge fan of this game. It's one of my favorite kind of little bite-sized RPGs that I've ever played. Um it's it's just really, really funny. The way they weave the costume mechanics into the battle mechanics, I think is just absolutely <laughs> genius. Um, it's a really great RPG for beginners as well and kids. It's not super easy, but it's also not super hard, and it's very forgiving when you have to retry. And what I realized is, I mentioned it before with um, Underhero, and we talked about Echo Generation. The, the more and more I realize, I'm talking about these games that play like Paper Mario, or more, or I guess to correct that, they play like Mario RPG. And it just really made me realize this week how influential Super Mario RPG actually was. It's kind of wild. Uh, I don't think it was the first game ever to include some action element in a turn-based battler. I'm not sure. I'm just covering myself there, but it's definitely the one that set off and influenced so many people. Yeah. Um, but going back to Costume Quest, I think this the way they weave Halloween into everything is just great. Like I mentioned before, you literally go trick-or-treating and mm-hmm. you could go up to a door and you get candy, which is the currency of the game, or you'd get a battle from an enemy. And it's just <laughs> cool. like, it's so cool. And it's just it's just so funny. They made an animated series from it as well. Unfortunately, I've never seen that. Um, and I think the sequel, which came out four years later, also um, around Halloween as well, uh, I think is even better. Um, mm. That came out both on... That also came... It was like cross-generation. So that was even on more platforms. But... Yeah, I just absolutely adore this game. And I did read one YouTube comment that just made me, well, you'll see what this comment is. So someone said, I played this game when I was four. Forgot the name. I'm so happy I remember it now. That's awesome. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, that makes me feel so old seeing someone saying it's like that situation when you're in you're like man i can't remember that name of the game back in the 80s when i played as a mm. kid or early 90s and that's we're all we're getting old we're getting old yeah like i saw the definition of this you know generation where they go it's a generation that people don't have any memory of september 11 i'm like whoa what like yeah that's kind of crazy that's isn't it kind of wild but like one 
sorry, there was one final thing. Was I actually played this on backwards compatibility? Uh, mm. Backwards compatibility on Series X, and the game really didn't run very well. And mm-hmm. I think it never ran well to begin with. Um, so I ended up actually rebuying it on Steam because it was like three bucks at the moment. Wow. And it still runs at 30 frames a second. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, damn it. Run. Anyway, it's not a game you're playing for that kind of stuff, but I did find that. It's L.A. Noir so. all over again. Yeah. I got to anyway. say with that, man, like I'm getting like such a snob with frame rate. Like there's outside of certain exceptions, like I'm getting so sick of games being like 30 frames per second. Just when it feels like it absolutely doesn't need to be. Like it, I probably won't be getting many games for the Switch anymore. But... <laughs> But um, no, that, that's awesome, actually. I'd imagine the writing is amazing in Costume Quest, given Double Fine. I think it's very good. It's it's very... When you're playing games where you're playing as kids, I think, and just like any kind of media, writing as kids talking is such a balancing act. And I think they nail it. There's a lot of sarcasm, but I think they nail it. Yeah. I, I always awesome. think South Park probably does it the best out of any media like and it's been around for 20 plus years or 30 years i guess um no interesting yeah and double fun's really weird for me like i love the writing and i'm a huge fan of good writing and they genuinely have good writing but i just never click with any of their games but have you played stacking you should try that game that's that's awesome i love stacking so much yeah i just couldn't get into psychonauts too i'm 100 percent confident it's going to be a game of the year nominee so i definitely want to play it but yeah i don't know never click with me all right, cool. Uh, well, that rounds us up for the show this week. We have no things in the run sheet around special features for next week or anything that's happening. I'm just trying to quickly pull up Can the I schedule. put in the special feature that I will once again hype my Kemco RPG tier list? <laughs> yeah. So it'll be in the front end and the back end of the show each, <laughs> each episode. No, excellent. I was just trying to see if there's any big games coming out next week, but... Some things have shifted, unfortunately, haven't they? Like, just from a timing perspective. Oh, of course, oh. Horizon 5's coming out. So, Mike, you, uh, yep. you interested in playing that? Oh, absolutely will be. No, yeah, I'm well, playing you it as re- well. You could review it next week, then. Okay. Maybe Here impressions. Here I delicate. <laughs> no, I'm going to, because it's on Game Pass, PC yeah. as well. So, I'm going to play that as well. Review. So, yeah, yeah, we'll chat about Forza Horizon 5 next week. But with mm-hmm. that, bye-bye. Adios. Ciao.